Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, the Three Muslims podcast. Today we are joined with two very special guests on Hill's Mini Bananas. Throw those bad boys up again, man. Let the audience see. MashaAllah. Mini Bananas. My first bro, who's the real today. special guest, bro? <laughs> and the real special guest for today is brother Sabil Ahmed. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brothers. Habibi, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, great. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, bro. So why don't you begin telling us in the audience a bit about your journey and, and where you are today? Okay, bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sabihi al-mayna ma'bat. Again, I uh, greet uh, all the viewers with the greeting of peace, the greeting of assalamu alaikum, the greeting uh, that was there uh, for all the messengers and prophets. So I'm from Chicago, originally from India, India, Hyderabad. Do you guys know where Hyderabad is? Mm, yeah, my roommate uh, or my old roommate was Hyderabadi. It's like the mid-southern part of uh, India. Yep. My in-laws are from Pakistan, so I have been more time to Pakistan than to India. All right. So I came here to Chicago with my parents and did my education here. Then went to medical school, did some medicine. And then I realized, you know what? I have been watching Sheikh Ahmad Didat Rahimullah's videos, Dr. Zakir Naik's videos, and Dr. Amir Ali's videos. And I got inspired that, yes, as being in the field of medicine, I can touch like perhaps this many people. But if I want to do the, the way, the message, the vision, if I want to carry on of the messengers and the prophets, I better actually reach out to them with the message of Islam, letting them know what is the guidance, what is the purpose of life, who is the creator, who they should worship. So that was my motivation of me to join Dawa. And um, I manage an organization called Gain Peace. So we are part of the Islamic Circle of North America. So on behalf of Gain Peace, we have uh, new Muslims that we take care of, mentorship and follow-up uh, classes, social activities, educational activities. Uh, second thing that we do is we have many open houses. We package the message of Islam and reach out to the non-Muslims out there. Open houses and dawa booths and radio and TV ads, television ads, social media. And lastly, we want to empower our own Muslims and uh, remind them that it's an obligation, it's a necessity that all of us, we should convey the message of Islam. That's where I stand, brothers. Alhamdulillah. So I'm just curious, what medical school did you go to? I went to the Caribbeans. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And you were practicing for how long? Uh, two years up there and two years uh, in Chicago. Okay, okay. So was it an easy decision, at least with your family, when you decided that you want to take over Dawa? Because I can understand being from the South Asian community that when you finally become a doctor which is a very prestigious thing and you want to do something else even if we're from muslim families they don't always understand the depth of what we want to do with the dawah it was i mean obviously it's not an easy decision uh, at one point i was the only person in the whole world perhaps you know especially in, in my family who were opposing to my decision but then i realized you know i have one life to live uh, I have obeyed my parents, became a doctor, and uh, I can still continue that. But uh, if I want to have impact in the world, if I want to 
if I want to uh, provide some solutions for humanity's problems, when it comes to so many things going on, I better do something which is going to, which is going to align with the passion which I had, which is to share the message. So it's never an easy decision. However, what happened now is, after now people seeing the outcome, the benefits of me entering full-time into Dawa, almost every person, Alhamdulillah, now they are supporting me. They are doing a dua for me. And I hope and pray that may Allah accept it from me and from all of us. Amen, Ya Rabbi. Amen, amen. So with Dawa, where would you say it started with you, right? Who did you reach out to? How did you give Dawa in the beginning? And how was that transformed over time? So way back, I used to watch uh, many videos of Sheikh Ahmad Didat. So one of my practices at that time, and I'm going to recommend this to every single youth, is that try to take notes. Don't just passively watch the video, but also take the notes. So I still have my notes way back from that time, and I still benefit from it. So after taking the notes and compiling the notes, I started to reach out to the MSAs. Uh, letting them know, you know what, let's do Dawa on the platform of MSAs. And we had many Dawa trainings when I was using the same notes, which I was uh, compiling. So that's how it got started. And then obviously we made a group within ICNA, Islamic Circle of North America. Then we opened up a Y Islam and Gain Peace. And um, I would say the rest is history in one way. So each single one of us, inshallah, we can have a humongous impact if we focus on something. Because if we have our hands on too many places, uh, you know, we are not able to have that much impact compared to just razor focus, razor sharp focus on one thing, become a specialist. Yes, you can do many things, but at least be a specialist in one thing. You should be the go-to person in some field within Islam, within Dawa. That's when you can have the greatest impact with the Muslim community, non-Muslim community, especially the youth. You know, that's how you can leave a legacy. So uh, that would be my advice, inshallah, that I followed based upon what Shah Ahmadida, Dr. Zakir Naik were doing. Focus on one thing and become a specialist in it. So, so what would you say your specialty is in Islam? Well, Within Islam, I would say, I mean, I'm, I don't call myself as a specialist. I would say I'm a student of, uh, you know, Islam, student of Dawah. So I would say my passion lies within Dawah. So alhamdulillah, whatever knowledge that Allah has given me when it comes to Dawah, I would say that would be my focus in life. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. May Allah reward you for that. Allahumma ameen. Ameen, ameen, alhamdulillah. So, 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 the, just... way, so the way it got started uh, is that when I was in school, I used to be mostly in my room, you know, just less like any youth that as you see nowadays. But my parents, they were really religious, mashallah. They used to watch, they used to bring these uh, tapes and they used to watch Islamic scholars in the, in the living room. And they used to always tell me, you know, Sabil, come out and watch. Yes, you may have homework and all the things, come out and watch. Sometimes I used to, sometimes I was busy with whatever, right? One day they said, you know, there is a scholar, a tape that we brought. I want you to come and watch. So the parents told me, they said, doesn't matter if you have the final exam tomorrow, this is so important for you. I said, okay, fine, mommy, Baba. So I came out and I watched. And that was the breaking point in my life. When I saw the person in the video with confidence, with the references in comparative religion, 
you know, uh, explaining the, um, the faith of Islam, responding to the questions uh, with confidence, you know, with uh, such firmness, I felt really proud. This is what Islam is. And that person on the video, who do you think it was? Definitely Ahmad Dida. <laughs> there you go. No <laughs> other choice, man. Yes, Alhamdulillah, Sheikh Ahmad Dida. And I have the good fortune of meeting him. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. He used to come to Chicago with uh, my teacher, he used to call him here for debates and lectures and whatnot. So I studied under him when he used to come to Chicago, Alhamdulillah. I got a book from him. He, he wrote a few, I mean, many books, actually. A compilation of his books, it's called The Choice. Are your brothers aware of that? He used to write many, many small booklets on different topics, and he used to distribute it all over the world for free. And I received my package, and then he compiled all of them together into one book called The Choice. So that I received from him, and that is still my go-to book sometimes, alhamdulillah. 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 Man, so I was going to ask prior, and I'm going to ask this again. Uh, just to get this straight, you're not practicing medicine anymore. Uh, I have, let's just say I've taken a break. Okay, you've taken a break. Now, yes. it, please don't feel obligated to answer this. And if you <laughs> want us to take this off, we can definitely do so. But how are you making a living nowadays? If you're focusing primarily on the Dawah, that's always a question I have for people who mm -hmm. focus primarily on the Dawah. Sure, sure. So uh, Ikna approached me, Islamic Circle of North America, saying that, you know, Dr. Sabil, you have passion for Dawah for many, many years. Why don't you come and join us? So they have a Dawah Dawa committee or Dawah department. Why don't you come and join us? And uh, they gave me an offer. Uh, obviously, you know, you make only a fraction of what you make up there, mm -hmm. but one life to live. You know, I don't want to regret on the day of judgment that why didn't I do full-time Dawah when there was an opportunity? Definitely, I don't want to regret on my deathbed. Why didn't I do all of these things that Allah has given me the opportunity, the ability, when, when there is such a humongous need? So Alhamdulillah, with those thoughts in my mind, it was not as hard a decision as it could have been. Alhamdulillah, that's proper. Alhamdulillah, brothers, you know. That's proper, man. So I mean, I mean. if we were to go on Amazon, we could find that book that you were talking about, right? The Choice? You should be able to. Yeah, yeah, you should be able to. Uh, just right. type a Sheikh Ahmad Didat or Ahmad Didad on Amazon, mm -hmm. you should be able to find it, inshallah, yes. Inshallah. I'm going to add it to the list. Yeah, I'm going to add it to the list too now. Okay. So, so it is made up of small booklets yeah. on different topics, you know, crucifixion or son of God or Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Quran, uh, the miracle of miracles. So he wrote like maybe 10, 15, 20 different booklets. And this is like a compilation of all of them. So you may be able to find those booklets individually if you mm -hmm. search online PDF copies, maybe Amazon too. But definitely you should be able to find uh, also the book, The Choice, inshallah. Now, it, you said it's a compilation, but it, is there like a little extra? Like does he have, uh, does he add his own little extra commentary on that? It may be something new. I mean, it's kind of repackaging of the booklets mm -hmm. that he wrote. 
So if you get hold of the book, The Choice, I think that will kind of take care of his other, you know, items that he compiled for many, many decades. Got it. Definitely get it, inshallah. Plus he has so many videos online. So watch them, but don't just watch passively. Write notes, make use of the notes, teach other people. That's how you can retain the material the longer. Inshallah. Yo, I got a lot of questions on how so. Let me start, man. Go for Dr. it. Sabil, the first main question I have is I've seen some crazy videos on your channel, right? There were a lot of people that come at you a little confrontational and you are the epitome of stoicism. You're very controlled, calm, and you try to always diffuse the situation and not, you know, let that person stay emotional. So how do you stay grounded? What is What benefits do you see in that? And why do you think that a lot of people today are a little too hard-headed? They're a little too passionate about dawah at the expense of their groundedness yes alhamdulillah you know anything that we do any interaction that we have it's important that we need to follow the example of prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know as the quran says in surah 33 ayah number 21 laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasanatun liman kana yarju allah wal yawmal akhira wa zakarallahu kaseera the translation is, in the person of Muhammad, peace be upon him, we have the best example to follow. For those who believe in Allah and the last day and remembers Allah much. So always we need to, we need to have the frame of reference, the noble life of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when I'm, when I'm managing a dawah booth, for example, or on the street or in an open house taking the questions, I always keep in mind that how would the Prophet behave وسلم, if he were in that situation. So you may have seen a video of mine in that big guy coming at me. Any one of you? Yeah, that, yes? that's right when uh, Fayed had mentioned that. I looked at you and I was like, I know where I've seen you. I know where I've seen you. It's uh, the guy who was talking about Christianity and he was like yelling. He was just real obscene, but he was just he was talking about Aisha, the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So two years ago, I mean, not last year because there was no convention. There was an ICNA convention in Baltimore, I believe. No, Washington, D.C. Baltimore. uh, Yeah, D.C. And uh, I was walking from the hotel to the main convention hall with my family. And as I was on the sidewalk, I saw this big guy with uh, maybe five, six other people holding signs against Islam, against the hijab, against the Muslims, all this, you know, uh, you know, really nasty signs up there. And he was verbally attacking the girls, the women, the Muslims in general. So that's where, that's when the video starts. I'm here, then he's up there abusing someone. Then I walk up to him and then he really starts to abuse me saying, you know, what do you want? <laughs> so at that, at that uh, you know, uh, point in time, I was thinking to myself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent this person in front of the Muslim convention so we Muslims can share the message of Islam to him. See, emotionally, I could have thought, you know what, man, this person is abusing, he's making a mess and, you know, he's like uh, creating a scene over here. Let me shout him out. I could have done that. I mean, those are like the instincts that all of us have, right? Come on, why is he abusing our people? But then if Allah sent him over here, that whole scene was planted in front of us. 
that Allah wants him to learn Islam from me and from the people around me. Not only him, but all the, his, you know, his team members. So that was my you know, frame of mind. Second, second thing is, you know, from the psychological point of view, I realized in the first few seconds, you know, I mean, he's coming at me, no matter what I'm saying and doing. So I was thinking, okay, fine. He may be like, you know, six feet tall and 300 pounds compared to 100 pound of me, you know, five feet. So I was thinking, psychologically, that person is like a toddler in front of my eyes. I'm not going to yell at a toddler. I'm not going to reason logically with the toddler. I would like to, with a smile, with a handshake, I would like to calm the toddler down. I want to listen. I want to be a good listener. And then, you know, nicely, calmly, with compassion, with empathy, let me calm him down. So those were the things rushing in my mind to that person when I was interacting with him and to any person that I interact. So that's what uh, I would say should be always our frame of reference. The Pope, the Prophet's noble character. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So that raises another question. Because you've had a, a fair amount of, or your fair share of experiences in the Dawah scene, street Dawah, dealing with Islamophobes or, or just people that are uninformed, ignorant, what are some common things you notice today that the average Muslim that is trying to give Dawah should be well-informed and educated to refute or at least educate on? For example, one example would be on, let's say, the age of Aisha, which is a very common thing that people get. So what are some, some common things you believe that we should be educated on? Sure, sure. So there are two things when it comes to Dawah. Well, there are many things, actually. First and foremost, we need to realize that uh, who the person that we are speaking to, you know, their background, their culture, their race, their, uh, you know, what uh, faith that they belong to or no faith. So taking that into account, that's how we can package the message. The message of Tawheed is always there. But how do you package that message of Tawheed based upon the audience that, you, that you're interacting with? And I can give you one example, inshallah. In the year 627, a delegation of Najran came to the Prophet's Masjid and they wanted to have a conversation with the Prophet and the Prophet invited them in. And these Christians, they have a three days and three nights interaction with the Prophet in the Masjid al Nabawi. You guys may have heard about, right, from the Sira. So they are coming from a Trinitarian background. They believe in Trinity and Jesus to be God and Son of God. So in their interactions, they asked the prophet this important question. So what do you believe about God? What is your concept of God? At that point, the prophet remained silent. And then the wahi came that became a surah al-ikhlas. That say he is Allah one and only. So remember, they are coming from a Trinitarian background. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is packaging the message of oneness of Allah based upon the audience. Say he's Allah one and only, right? Not three, not multiple persons. Then he is eternal, he's needed by all. They say Jesus to be eternal, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So Allah is saying that only God is eternal, no one else. And he's the one who has the attributes of uh, being a sustainer to, to you know, all of the creation. Then he begets not, nor he's begotten. Again, they are coming from that background, that Jesus is the begotten son of God. And then there is no one like unto God. 
because they give the attributes of the creator to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus, peace be upon him. Allah is saying that there is no one like unto him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is packaging the message. So my advice to all of us is we need to know the audience. So we need to package the message. Number one. Number two is important knowledge. So knowledge of Islam is important that how do we explain the faith of Islam in 30 seconds, for example, right? Like a really quick short, uh, you know, uh, bites, audio bites, as we say. So in that aspect, I have developed a acronym. Some of you may have seen it's OMG high. Are you guys aware of that? No. So suppose if I'm at a Dawa booth, if a person asks me the question about Islam and they say, you know what? I have 30 seconds, right? Or five minutes, for example, tell me what Islam is. So I think in my mind, OMG, all right? It's not, oh my God, by the way. O stands for oneness of God. I speak to the person that Allah exists and these are his attributes. And by the love and the mercy and the guidance for the creation, Allah appointed M stands for messengers and prophets, right? O-M. Then, then I go over a list of the messengers and prophets saying to that person that all of them, they came with one faith that is to invite people to the submission of one creator. Then I mentioned the names of the prophets and the messengers, a prominent one, including Jesus, peace be upon him. And the last one, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And so what do you guys think G may stand for? O is the oneness of Allah, M for the messengers. G would be for what? You got me. I don't know. Guidance? You got it. MashaAllah, guidance, Rami. You got it. MashaAllah. Guidance, right? So guidance, humanity needs guidance. Individuals and families, we need guidance. So Allah has sent guidance many times in history through messengers and prophets. And the last time he sent guidance was through Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that guidance is in the Quran and through the example of the prophet, peace be upon him, right? O-M-G, then hi, H-I. H stands for the hereafter. So we give the analogy that when we go to school, there is accountability based upon our our attendance policy, the participation, the quizzes, the assignments, the final exam, based upon all of these, the, the, the teacher, the professor gives us a grade at the end of the semester. In the same way, we will stand in front of the creator and he will be examining our life. How did we live this life? The beliefs we held, we had, and the deeds that we have done. So based on that, Allah would choose people's going to paradise and we hope and pray all of us and some people into hellfire, and we seek Allah's protection against it, right? So that's O-M-G-H. What do you think I may stand for, right? O-M-G, hi. What do you think I may be for? Invite. MashaAllah, invite. The person may be thinking, you know what? O makes sense that, come on, God cannot be a trinity. How can God be up there and down here and dying? God does not die. O makes sense, M makes sense, consistency of the same faith that all the prophets, messengers came. Guidance has to be there. It has to be preserved. The, there has to be accountability hereafter. Then the person may be thinking, what should I do next? That's when you actively invite the person. So I would say a da'i in the field should be able to explain the message of Islam and package it. 
And last but not the least, there should be some common questions the people may be having out there. So the person should be able to have a list of questions and practice the questions and know the references and repackage the answers based upon the person. If I'm speaking to an African-American brother, for example, I would emphasize so much on the equality of humanity of all the races. I will mention to him the Surah Hujrat, Ayah number 13, and the wonderful way that the Prophet empowered uh, the people of color at, uh, you know, uh, in, in his time. I would go over the wonderful uh, narrations from the Prophet and how Islam empowered the freed slaves and how they retained the position you know, of uh, high prominence in, in, in the society. So I would say racism is one topic, LGBT is important. Sunishia almost always comes in in the open houses. Age of Aisha Allah Polygamy, polyandry, yes. Why cannot uh, a lady have four husbands? Also the topic of how come it is allowed for a Muslim male to marry that they can marry a Jewish or a Christian females. But how can the Muslim lady cannot marry anyone outside the faith of Islam, right? Jihad, I think Sharia again, because of what's going on in, uh, you know, in the Far East, Taliban in Afghanistan, people would be asking the question about Sharia. So I would say that these are some of the minimal uh, topics that a Dai should be aware of. However, some of you listening may be thinking, you know, Dr. Sabil, that's, this is so overwhelming. Let me go back to my computer, to my books and to my you know, Kindle. Let me read and gain knowledge. I would say, hold on. Prophet Muhammad he said, anni walo aya. Convey from me even if it is one single ayah. So continue with watching the videos and taking the notes and consulting with the scholars, but parallelly go and go in the field and start conveying the message. Even if you know La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, still convey that. If people come and ask you the questions, if you don't know the answers, go and ask people who are in the field, people of knowledge and experience, consult the books and the scholars. But that should not stop you from being in the field, conveying the message. Because what I have seen is, suppose if I'm in the Dawa booth and a person is interacting with me, after the interaction, the self-analysis that I would be doing is one of the most precious time in Dawa, because I may be thinking at that time, you know what, I should have smiled more at that person. I should not have interrupted the person as much as I did. Maybe this reference is this analogy I should have brought. Maybe I should not have, you know, overwhelmed the person with too much knowledge. So that self-analysis can only happen when you're in the field, not when you're behind the computer. So I would say that these are some of the ways, inshallah, a new brother, a new sister, a new da'i can keep in mind so we can be effective and God can accept it, inshallah. Inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. There's, a, there's a PDF, like a quick little article that Dr. Zakir Naik published. And it just has a list of like the very most common, I'm sure you might've heard about it, the most common misconceptions that, you know, those attacking Islam have. And it's just easy to identify those. So I'll, I'll remember to put that in the description, inshallah. Mm -hmm. So anyone watching can take a look at that. Yes, yes. Also, I recently wrote a book, brothers. It is called the top 50 projects, the top 50 Dawa projects that Muslims can do. Because many a times our, so, so the reason I wrote this book is for two reasons. Reason number one is many a times our Dawa is out in the clouds up there. 
the reason we should do it, the importance, the necessity, but not too many people speaks about the practicality of Dawa. You know, suppose if you want to convey the message to your neighbors, what, what is uh, required? What is the process? How do you break the ice? Uh, if you want to do a masjid open house. So I compiled the top 50 Dawa projects. So this is on Amazon with my name, Sabir Ahmed, and the top 50 Dawa projects. Right now it's in the Kindle books, hard copy is coming out to inshallah. The second reason I wrote this book, and I want to, and I want to you know, make people aware about the, about the methodology of the book is, unfortunately, nowadays, the Dawa has become like a shouting match. Our youth, unfortunately, when they see people at the speaker's corner or some people in the USA or some other places, they may be thinking that dawa is the they may be thinking that the default dawa is debate. They're defeating the person and shouting down the person and you know yelling at the person and the crowd behind you, and then you upload the video on the YouTube. So that unfortunately has become the default state of dawa. Debate should be an exception. The default state of dawa should be with a smile, with compassion, understanding the person, breaking bread with the person, inviting the person, right? Winning their hearts and minds. That should be the default state of Dawa, the prophetic example. So that is the reason I wrote this book to bring people back again to the prophetic way of conveying the message of Islam using many, many platforms. SubhanAllah. All right, I'm gonna put the link in the description. Do, you know, message me on WhatsApp with the link. And I will, you know, put it down below. Any of you guys that are interested, please check that book out. And once you do, leave it a good review if you really liked it. Rami, Akhi, what's on your mind? Allah, I'm just, I'm just thinking about my experience in the da'wah and, and you know, all mm -hmm. the places I, you know, could have implemented these tips. And especially afterwards, the self-reflection, the thinking about it. Um, actually, I, I've mentioned, I think, once or twice, um, the, uh, the method that, that um, Brother Ahmed mentioned or uh, Brother Shabil Ahmed, sorry, uh, mentioned is that, you know, what would the Prophet do? Ask that question and think about it because uh, that and remembering Allah being conscious of Allah, those are the two ways that, you know, you you shouldn't go wrong because if you're conscious of these things, you're, you're actively thinking, what is the best possible thing I can do? The most emotionally intelligent thing I can do, uh, something that, you know, is not going to get me a sin, right? Uh, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And oftentimes when you ask that way or ask these questions, you act in a way which is best in the end. Uh, so even if the person is, is yelling at you and screaming at you and all that stuff, m most people, most normal people nowadays, right? And it doesn't mean it's good, but most normal people nowadays are going to yell back. But it's not just the person you're giving da'wah to, it's everyone witnessing it, right? Because if people see that this person is yelling at you and that you're being calm and patient, right? Like Professor Krauss and, and Hamza Zortzis, we saw the difference in character. People are more more likely to incline towards the Muslim who's calm than like the non-Muslim who's yelling and screaming just because of that difference in character. So it's it doesn't just have an impact on, on you and the person you're giving da'wah to, but every single individual who witnesses it, uh, you know, it also affects them as well. So subhanAllah, all this is just making me reflect on, you know, myself, whether it's online or in person and, and, and places I could have done better, places where I was a little too, you know, pushy, a little too firm, like, oh, so why aren't you a Muslim? You know what I mean? Uh, so, Jazakallah uh, khair, Habib, Brother Sabil, may Allah bless you. Alhamdulillah. So we always need, need to like keep on calibrating ourselves. Yeah. Because many a times in the heat of the situation, the you know emotions may may overpower us. So it's important to remind ourselves. You know, in that interaction with that big guy, 
Mm-hmm. I was standing here and he was standing there and there was a lady. She was just watching us. You may have seen. Mm-hmm. Then she mm-hmm. approached both of us and she said, you know what? If I have to choose a faith, I would choose Islam based upon the way that you guys are asking. You know, she literally said that, I remember. Yes. So what Rami is mentioning is exactly, there could be many people watching. In fact, the video does not show it, but there were literally, you know, 50, 100 Muslims behind me. There were non-Muslims walking by. There were many uh, security, uh, you know, people also watching and listening. So all of this, we need to be aware. And Allah is watching, obviously, right? So we need to be aware that our dawa interactions, what we say, how we say, need to align with the noble example of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Makes me think too, like, dawa isn't just, you know, like, what you see on YouTube and stuff. Like, dawa could just be you talking to a friend, or like you said, your neighbor or something like that. It could be something so simple. And um, just like Rami, I'm, I'm thinking about it too, because anytime I, I tell someone about Islam, I, I get so, like, oh, I, I guess emotional because I'm like so passionate about it. So I, I just overshare. I give them too much. And then after that, I'm like, oh, man, like I could have said less. Like, I think I said too much. And like I, I don't think I got through to them. But at the end of the day, like the self-reflection process is needed because it allows us to like fine tune our delivery. But then at the end of the day, it's also the color of Allah, like in each situation, whatever we bring is exactly what Allah wanted us to bring. So, I don't know. so always try to get feedback from other people, you know, like other Muslims, um, like a really critical feedback, by the way, you know what, this is my video, can you watch it and give some feedback? So that can be one way besides self analysis. Second thing, second way is, you know, as you have mentioned, Dawa doesn't have to wait until you go to the speaker's corner, for example, on the weekend. Dawa is a state of mind. That means every occasion with any non-Muslim, anywhere, any environment can become a place for dawah. That can be in the plane. And you may have seen some of the videos of mine. I have most of my interesting encounters, they were on the plane. So it doesn't matter in the plane you're, or you are standing for the bus on the bus station. You are you know, in the supermarket, for example, doing groceries, uh, in the bank with the bank clerk. So any place can be a state of dawa with the neighbors, for example. So dawa is a, is a state of mind. So we need to create opportunities for dawa and not just wait for them to happen. Yeah, I think dawa in our actions is also very important. Or I think one of the most important ways too. Because like, think about it. Like, yeah, mentally, we might be thinking all that and we might be... Uh, you know, inshallah, we might be ready for those situations when someone says something or someone does something. It's like, ah, perfect teachable moment, you know, where we can give dawah. But it's like, even when there's nothing being done, like just our actions, like how you spoke to that guy and the lady came up to you and was like, just based on like how you guys are interacting, if I had to choose a faith, I would choose Islam. Like just, I don't know, me personally, like I'll walk around and I have a very just like kind of straight face. Uh, I'm, I only smile if I'm like, if I want to smile or like if something causes me to smile or laugh, if I want to laugh or something. But it's like, I always look back and I'm like, 
why why don't I just enjoy myself more? Why don't I just walk around with a smile on my face and just greeting people with that love? I mean, the Prophet Sallallahu even said that smiling is, is a form of charity. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like too much, too often times we get too wrapped up here and forget that our actions is a is an unspoken language. And that if if we can capitalize on that, then we can capitalize on a huge part of Dawah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. so to the initial question of, uh, you know, Fayyad, what you mentioned is, I would, ha- I would say there would be three components of Dawah, right? Time is short. I'm not going to elaborate on it. One is knowledge. Second is how do you package the knowledge? And thirdly, the, in- the invitation part of it. So Dawah is actually invitation. It's not just knowledge. It's not just passing on the brochure, for example. It's also actively inviting the person. I mean, obviously, how do you invite it? We can discuss it later. But uh, knowledge, how do you package it? So when it comes to the packaging of the knowledge, my encouragement to all three of you, myself, and for every Dai out there, is that we should be taking some formal classes. How do we become competent speakers, competent communicators? If you are with one person compared to many people in a Dawa booth or a masjid open house. So each single Muslim should be an excellent speaker, an eloquent speaker, should be able to articulate. So there are so many resources. So I also take classes, by the way, just to let you know, guys, right? Because how do you package the message is equally important. So not just the knowledge that you have, but how do you deliver that knowledge? Both of them are equally important. So that's my request, not just to three of you, but every listener who is here. So one place where I go to to, to take classes is called the toastmasters.com. You may have heard about it. They train speakers or they train people how to be competent speakers, for example, toastmasters.com. I've heard about them. They have groups in every city, more or less. Yes, yes. Even Makkah, Medina, they have groups. When I went to the Caribbean, South America, they have groups. Bottom line is, we are the most resourceful society in the history of humanity. So there is no excuse for us that, you know, I don't have time. I mean, go and learn time management. If you're not a good project manager, take some classes. There are resources. Read the books, watch the videos. So there are so many resources out there. An ideal Muslim and ideal Dai should not only have passion and be a good speaker, but should be a good time manager, should have uh, you know, good communication skills, project management skills, good people skills. All of these things are so needed and they are readily available for all of us. So I would say all of these coming together will make the person and the act of Dawah effective. And we pray to Allah that he accept it. Amen. I mean, Ya Rab, I mean. All right, just in time for the end. Okay, no more questions then. Shazakallah khair. Inshallah, look forward to, to episode two, inshallah, because I, I do have more questions. Jazakallah khair, may Allah bless you, Brother Ahmed, for coming on. Uh, time is limited, so uh, without further ado, maybe we should just end it. Okay, and I pray that, mashallah, your brothers, you know, instead of just playing video games somewhere and have a video game channel, you know, COD and whatnot, you are here, mashallah, giving your time, your investment, your, your, you know, your ability that Allah has given you. May Allah put barakah in your channel, in your effort, and uh, purify our intentions and help more people, inshallah, to see the beauty of Islam. And with Allah's guidance, inshallah, they can also realize that Islam is the truth. 
So Jazakallah Khairan for inviting me. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa rakatu and to end this lovely episode with a dua. Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kana adhaab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa rakatu. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa rakatu.